Welcome to the Black Who Diaries Madcast. I'm Garrett Carr. He's Clay Sour T. Clay, how are you? I'm in first place, so I can't really complain too much. What do you mean? I mean, I have 16 team points. Not even 16 anymore. <laughs> Is it 30 and a half team points after two sessions? Oh, we're so... in first place. Okay. No, just me. Okay, well, I actually just saw the, the results of our fantasy contest. You're not in first, but you're doing well. Doing well. The, we're both in the top 10 out of the 90-some people. Move me a little bit closer. I'm beating be you by happier. like a point and a half, but a lot hey, of wrestling it's, left. it's early. A lot of wrestling left. I think we both had a good day. And uh, so did Penn State. Uh, you know, they finished out the day um, with an incredible 15-1 and record. Very good and not bad. No, yes. good, A good and not bad thing um, for Penn State. But, you know, I was talking to people earlier that it could all be gone in 25 minutes tomorrow if you've had 25 minutes. I would really like it if they would not have bad 25 minutes. Yes, not – like, I mean, the Big Ten Tournament, great example of those bad 25 minutes. Yeah, don't do that. No, <laughs> Yeah, Penn, if you all listen to this podcast, which I hope the wrestlers have better things to do tomorrow. Um, Tomorrow being Friday, we're recording this. We are unbelievably screwed if that's what they're spending yeah. their time doing. Yeah, um, we're recording this currently 11.41 Central Time in, L- in uh, St. Louis. In LA? LA? Yeah, in in, uh, in uh in St. Louis, um, we're sitting in our beautiful uh, suite here, um, recording this podcast for you after socializing with Penn State wrestling fans all night. So things, uh, yeah, we went a little looser than normal, but um, we're still going to provide some some quality podcasting. Yeah, that was quite the little humble rag thrown in there. It's a very nice room, I promise you. Oh, it's nice. It is. I uh, I bar I, I bartered for the upgrade. But anyways, uh, let's get to the wrestling clay. Um, kind of an interesting thing tonight. Uh, in session two, because you know Penn State without a one twenty five or one thirty three pounder in it, so we had to wait a little bit to get underway. But then it was just one match after another, after another, after another for the rest of the um, for the rest of the round of sixteen. It's kind of weird now that I think about it. It's been like what eight nine years until Penn since Penn State had a notable one twenty five pounder. Even Brad Pataki, I mean, yeah, it was a bad before, yeah. before Nico was like had had. had a couple of pretty nice runs. So it's very weird not having somebody at the front of the lineup. Obviously, Nick's there, but he's not. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, Nick is not wrestling this weekend. But the rest of the team, I don't know if they're motivated by, motivated by that or not, but you know, they knew that I'm, – I'm sure they know that the margin of error this weekend was smaller um, than it would be if, with a healthy Nick Striano, and they really demonstrated in session two that they were ready to come out and just take care of business. Well, most of them. Um, yeah, uh, like you mentioned, 15 and one over two sessions, tough to, tough to really complain. I think you said bonus points in what, 10 of 16 matches? Yeah. 11 of 16 matches? 10, 10 of 16. 10 of 16 matches, which is going to be extremely necessary. Uh, you couple that with some, um, some falters and then falls by, um, the, the other highly rated teams and, uh, Penn State's sitting pretty good after day one. Yeah, seven technical falls today. I don't know if any other team will get seven total for the tournament. Um, so, because um, you know most of the technical fall wins are kind of out of the way today. Um, so yeah, just a dominating performance by Penn State. Um, so let's get started. Actually, we're going to start the session to recap with actually our only loss of the day: Jimmy Golbon falling. It was um, better than it sounds. Yeah, six two to Matt Klausik. But Clay, I thought J- Jimmy wrestled a pretty good match. Especially since you know he got pretty much taken down right off the first whistle, 
And other than that, he was he was very competitive and, and, and had some good scoring opportunities. The last four minutes of the match, he was the significantly better wrestling match, even considering the late takedown. Yeah, I agree. But you have to wrestle seven of them, and the first three minutes, he was the Not good. significantly worst wrestler yes. in the match. And that's uh, kind of what put Kalazic over the top. Um, we mentioned it last time that Kalazic was my preseason All-American pick, and was very, very solid in, in this match. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Klausik is, you know, he, he got it done. Um, Jimmy, um, I thought looked really good from top, though. That's something that you you mentioned we were uh, in in the press box at the time of how improved he is as a rider this year, and that's something that could play big tomorrow as he looks to march towards an All American finish. Yeah, um, he's been really good with like figure fouring that leg with the ride and kind of keeping guys from from getting to their base and posting on that. Um, it's been a really new element that he throw, he's thrown in this year. That he, he tortured Arsenal with. He, I believe, worked over Tommy Thorne pretty well with it. Um, and now he gets to wrestle Tommy Box, who has a really funny last name. Um, and I'm hoping he's able to do the, the same tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then, you know, it was going pretty quick because uh, we had Zane pretty much up right after. Um, Zane, I don't think... People would have bet on him not getting a pin in one of the first two matches. But that doesn't mean that by any standards he's wrestled poorly at all. He's been darn close to two pins and comes out with two dominating technical falls. Actually, he sucks. But, um... <laughs> Zane Yeah, sucks. um... Three bonus points from two matches is, is pretty okay. And I'm not going to complain. And he's going to have another chance at it tomorrow with, uh... Trucia Lugo falling out of the black... Out of the bracket. Out of the bracket... I thought you were saying black hole, which would have been like that's accurate. True. Yeah. Um, he'll have Alex Kocher of SDSU, so it's pretty cool that Penn State gets to eliminate both Kocher brothers from the front side. <laughs> um, sorry guys, go uh, go Chris Bone and NDSU uh, or SDSU and uh, get jacked. But um, I'm thinking Zane gets his first pin of the tournament in the quarterfinals. Which is a good time. That'll be a because, you know, uh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but every win in the quarterfinals tomorrow is worth seven points because you get that one advancement point plus six placement points. Uh, that'll be added to your team score because the worst you can do is fifth. So a pin tomorrow in the quarterfinals, that's a nine-point victory. You know, you get a couple of those, and the team score starts to add up pretty quick. Yeah, it was. It would be very, very cool, and I would recommend se- uh, seven of them. Seven pins. Please. 60, 63 team points tomorrow. That would leave us I with almost 100 before. I the think semifinals. they might have a solid chance of winning should they be able to pull that off. Well, plus Jim. So Jim can get a pin, too. That'll be an extra two and a half. Yeah. Um, give, give me the 65 and a half points in there. I think, think they'll be okay. Yeah, I think we'll be, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if they've ever, well, no, probably some of those great Iowa teams in the 90s. But not recently, at least probably in the last 10 years, they've truly called a team race and after Friday morning, but if that were the case, it'd be all she wrote, pretty much. Yeah, Penn State's probably not going to do that. Don't be really sad when they don't. <laughs> yeah, like, the first guy that doesn't get a pin tomorrow, don't be like, there it is, there's the championship. But, but I do think Zane's going to get one, and I, yeah. I, I would, I kind of expect it. Well, another guy I think is going to get a pin tomorrow is the next best we're going to talk about, and that's Jason Nolf, who did what Jason Nolf does, and he, uh, you know, what did Jason Nolf do well? Uh, to put it bluntly, he broke Bucknell's Victor Lopez, uh, today to to the tune of a technical fall. Yeah, um, Lopez kind of got to that point where you get against Jason Nolf where 
he just didn't want to uh, turn and face him and kind of stand up. And that (laughs) sounds like a really, really terrible place to be. Um, I said to Garrett, I I turned to him about 90 seconds into the match that um, Lopez was moving very well and trying to match that pace. And it just didn't seem like it was something sustainable. And guess what? It wasn't. Um, About 30 seconds into the third period, he was completely gassed and gone. And ready to go home, and uh, Jason Knoll kind of helped him take one more step to get there. This is a kind of an out there analogy, but Jason Knoll is kind of like Katie Ledecky of swimming, in that like if you try to match her, or actually a good example more people know is Secretariat and the famous uh, Belmont Stakes, um, the famous Belmont Stakes race where the horse Sham, who's a great horse himself, tries to go out with Secretariat. For a while, two furlongs in, three furlongs in, and then it hits a point, and Sham hits that wall. He ends up finishing last because he tries to run with the greatest racehorse of all time, and Secretary just keeps going. And that's kind of how Jason Nolf is with his opponents. You stay with him for a little bit, but his gas tank is bigger than yours, and he's just going to wear you down. I promised that Garrett didn't plan this, but shout out Katie Ledecky for winning another NCAA title in the 500 today. Yeah, we should be real surprised that the best swimmer on earth won uh, NCAA championships. She's almost like the Zane Rutherford of swimming. She's better than Zane of swimming. She, she, <laughs> I mean, she has like six Olympic medals already. Uh, okay, back to wrestling. Um, so yeah, so We're no- actually a swimming podcast now, <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, surprise. Um, so um, let's go to 165. Um, we talked... Earlier in the day on our first podcast on the Facebook Live, that um, Senzo Joseph maybe didn't wrestle his best Chenzo. match. It's, we're gonna, it's Senzo. We're gonna, is, write in, comment, complain, yell at Garrett, tell him how to pro- pronounce Italian names with a proper CH at the front of like okay. a C E N Z O. But other than that, yeah, Chenzo is great. Yeah. I'll, I'll just, I, like, I, I call him Vinny a lot too, so I'll just call him Vinny. Um, but, you know, in the first match, he was a little tentative. He was not tentative at all. In the set, in the second match today, I believe in the first period he had a takedown and a full set of swipes. Um, he was up eight one, I believe, at yeah. one point against Branson Ashworth, which has a really really funny spoonerized name of Anson Brashworth. Well, you're okay. Um, yeah, but so he ends up getting the major with a late takedown and riding time twelve four. Another bonus point win. And I said in uh, the first podcast, I believe that if he could get past this round sixteen match, that He'll face certainly the biggest day of his wrestling life tomorrow, and that's what he's headed for. Yeah, he's going to face Daniel Lewis, who has, like I said, approximately 32 minutes of riding time in two matches. He really, far, which it's is incredible. Partially joking, but like really close to true because I think it's around. He's got he has over 10 minutes it's, in it's, two matches. It's 10 plus minutes, which is absurd because he was only on the mat for 14 minutes total. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to do that. Well, in Daniel Lewis's first match today, it's a seven-minute match. His riding time was six minutes fifty-one seconds, which means they spent nine seconds in neutral in the entire match. Um, um, for those of you who remember the old rules where you would get a point for um, every minute, every, every minute, uh, Daniel Lewis would be a nine-time national champion right now. Yeah, no, he's he can really ride on top. I'm sure that's something that. You're looking ahead uh, in the bracket when the coaches got it last week. I'm sure they've been drilling um, Chenzo, Chenzo hard on bottom. Um, with some of the riders, you know, I think a guy like Matt Brown. How have they been drilling him? <laughs> hard. We can't do this. Um, but, um, uh, you know, a guy like Matt Brown, I assume, plays a pretty good Daniel Lewis. Matt Brown, great rider. Um, so, um, you know, I think that's something to look forward to is how – Chenzo can get out from bottom because I mean if he can get out from bottom he's, he's gonna beat Lewis. I mean 
Lewis isn't the wrestler in neutral that Chenzo is. But if he can't get out from bottom, he gets worn down, or you know, Lewis can get some turns, or you know, win a close match on riding time. That's where Chenzo could be in trouble. Daniel Lewis also lost to Chandler Rogers and Bryce Steyer this year, so um, yeah, there's that. Um, yeah. I feel pretty confident. Um, he's a pretty good rider, but Chenzo had no problems earlier in the year with Chad Walsh, who I think is probably the second or third best rider, and really didn't have any problems getting out from under Isaac Jordan, who who's pretty darn good in his own right. So um, I'm really not all that concerned. Yeah, no, I I think that's very winnable for for Chenzo. But I mean, at this point, you're getting down. I mean, a three six matchup. Um, Everybody's good. That yeah. may surprise you, but when you get to the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament, all the guys are good except for like at three weights. Yeah, no, well, and not to pick on him, but like uh, at one twenty five, Kyle Aikens, who would have wrestled Soriano in the first round, was like inches Almost away all from the a pin. Guys are good. Yeah, he was an inches away from a pin thing in the round of sixteen to get to the quarterfinals. Ultimately, didn't get it, and I believe lost six to five. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like the PJ golf course. These guys are good. Um, let's go to 174 here. Um, kind of same case in Chenzo, and that he didn't wrestle his best match maybe in the morning, but Mark Hall came out and really dominated um, uh, this this evening's match. Yeah, poor Jaden Bernstein, who I didn't even know won the first round over uh, 12 seed Casey Kent. Um, that's a mea culpa. Um, he got his behind handed to him by Mark Hall, who took him down early. And then turned him for four, and then turned him for four, and then turned him for four, and then turned him for two in about a span of two minutes. Uh, picked up tech fall in, I believe, 2.20 yeah. was the official time of that. Uh, 16 to nothing. And other than uh, getting an early fall, it's really hard to be much more dominant than yeah. Mark Hall was. No, to, uh, to steal a line that was popping from one of my earlier uh, post-match recaps this year, he had fallen and could not get back up. Yeah, um, not great for Jaden Bernstein, who maybe might not ever recover. But he gets to wrestle in the wrestleback, so like, that's kind of fun. We get to yeah. see, we get to see the permanent damage that Mark Hall <laughs> caused to this kid's psyche. Yeah, but he's also not the first kid in Mark Hall's life that Mark Hall won't be the last. It won't be the last either, and hopefully he's not the last this weekend. Um, we'll get to his matchup in the future a little bit later. Let's go to one eighty four. Another guy who. Um, finished with a pin and had a really great day with a you know fifteen nothing tech fall this morning and then getting a pin um, tonight. All good things. Yes, all both good things. Um, as Bo Nickel and you know we said in the preview, Bo Nickel needed to wrestle uh, five smart matches to win this thing, and he's wrestled two really smart matches so Ooh, far. Ted Williams, we're coming for you. Batting two or batting four hundred, baby. Two yeah, for five. Yeah, well we're two for two right now. So the worst we can do is four hundred right now. I mean, unless he loses in the in the. As long as he gets it's to the semantics. He's yeah. very good. Um, yeah, uh, Nickel with a rematch over Steven Schneider of Binghamton, who I think kept him to a major, which like sounds that's really good. sad. But kept him to a major in, in the duel at Rec Hall, and um, that didn't happen this time. No, it did not. It did not. Bo looked very good. Really worked in the ankle pick um, extremely well, wrestling how Bo should wrestle. Um, 197, um, Matt McCutcheon shows off some of the best neutral off he's had all year. He gets two first period takedowns over uh, Pence, Frank Mattias, and uh, holds on and, and gets that W to move into the quarterfinals for the second time in his career. Yeah, I'm just going to be straight up obnoxious here and uh, brag to everybody that you and I both kind of called this. Uh, uh, for those of you who listened to our pod after session one, we, we mentioned that we felt that this would be the chance for Cuts to get 
not necessarily a dominating win, but one where it was pretty comfortable and you felt like he was never really in much trouble. And that was the way that this one kind of felt. Yeah, it did absolutely. I, I think with the riding time, but it ended up six three. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, really comfortable. He looked great on top. He looked great from neutral. He's probably wrestling right now as well as he's wrestling in his life. I would have to say. I mean, tomorrow will be telling. But if I were to bet, you know, right now up to this point, you look at the last month, he's probably at wrestling the best he's ever wrestled. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see that hot cuts match. Uh, see if uh, he can keep us from hot cocks uh, in the semifinal there but um i'm feeling really good about how matt mccutson's wrestling right now yeah uh really really uh really uh getting it going out there um let's go to 285 um nick neville's wrestling a very game billy billy miller um from edinburgh who i thought wrestled a pretty good match um i I believe he took uh nick down or am i getting them confused with the early match uh i don't don't believe he had to take any okay but um Nick had a ton of riding time. We we yeah. talked about that after the first match, how good he was at riding, and again had, had nearly two minutes in this one that, that ended up not being decisive, but it kind of uh, put the kibosh on any type of comeback from from Billy Miller. Um, gonna have a huge step up in competition coming up in the in the quarterfinal. Yeah, Jacob Casper waits, and we'll get to um, we'll get to the previews for tomorrow soon. Excuse me, but um, first Clay, you know, obviously um, the team race is important. That's what most of the Penn State fans are really, you know, looking at. And, uh, you know, the dominoes certainly fell in the team race in session two. Yeah, um, Penn State did really, really well. Um, The other contenders did really, really not very well. Other than Iowa. Um, Yeah, the Hawkeyes were fantastic. We'll get to that a a little bit. But uh, we, we've talked and talked about the top two contenders for Penn State being um, Oklahoma State and Ohio State. Both of those teams needing a lot to go right. Um, for Oklahoma State, having lost um, Kyle Crutchmer in, in the second round, first round. Yeah. Um, they needed um, pretty much everyone else to start to continue to step up. And Anthony Kalika did not do that. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a guy – when, you know, John Smith sat down and mapped out his path to the team title, he probably had, you know, he needs to get to the finals, and he's not going to do that. And now they're in a situation in that 149 bracket, the way it sets up, the way the pairings are, where one of Micah Jordan, Brandon Sorensen, and Anthony Kalka aren't all American in this tournament. So what you're telling me is the three teams that are trying to chase down Penn State are Going to lose a top seed. That's good. Yeah, that sounds good. Thank you to the bracket designers. Um, I actually had Kalika like pretty much every time I looked through that bracket pretty comfortably. Yeah, me too. Making a run to uh, the finals, and I didn't see this performance coming from him. He was just really, really flat, and, and he hasn't been that way all year. And Kenny Theobald of Rutgers took advantage with the the uh, takedown and back points and sudden victory to to pick up the vic- to pick up the victory. And now uh, it looks like Kenny Theobald or Max Thompson of Northern Iowa is going to be a semifinalist. Another thing to think about in that Kalik match, too, and in my opinion, it's too, because you get so few challenges. I think if you've sent that many rest over stages, you only get three for the whole tournament. Um, now, you, if you win, you keep it. But if, if you lose the challenge, you lose the challenge. And now, I, I can't remember if they had used any others in the day, but they did use one in the Kalik match. And long, so now they're down to two challenges with all these important matches still left. And that can play a real big thing. You know, if you get screwed on a bad call and are out of challenges, you're out of challenges. Yeah, well, I think this was one where I felt they... Sure. I mean, they, they, no, they needed to they use it. They had to use it. Yeah, on um, a two seed. 
but but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, jumping to Ohio State, one of the big unknowns for LSU was Miles Martin. Um, I don't need to tell Penn State fans about Miles Martin, and I'm not going to even if I did. Um, well, you tell him about how happy we were when he lost. <laughs> I think Garrett and I like shared this like beautiful look, look of like, yeah, like not yeah. having to deal with this, but um. Emory Parker went out and did the damn thing of Illinois. Uh, 11 seed, took it to Miles Martin. It took him to his uh, back. Took I him mean, to his back for looked like for he was six. probably going to lose the match. And that was that. Um, was able to kind of – Get a couple takedowns. Was able to get a couple takedowns off of go-behinds later in the third. Um, play a really smart defensive game and book his spot in the in the quarterfinals. I'm thinking about that. Like, there must have been like five total takedowns in that third period because Martin had at least three and – um, Parker had at least two, so there it was, was five. A, a very, very active period that, that Parker played very smartly. Because there was like one point in the third period where you're like, Martin had probably had like two takedowns in 12 seconds, and you're like, maybe, like maybe he can get this to sudden victory. And if he gets it to sudden victory, he's probably going to win because he has a gas Parker. But then I think Martin took a really, really bad shot, and Parker got yeah, the go behind. Like, that was it. I don't even know that Parker looked. I didn't think he looked tired. No. He had like one really good His move. game plan changed completely where like sometimes it's not great to completely shut it down and that was the case in, in this one. And he scored on one of the shot one of his own shots in again in that period late and that was where you're like, Okay, stick with what you're doing, it's working pretty well. Yeah, and Miles Martin fell victim to the old wrestling adage I'm about to create. Um you live by the upper body, you die by the upper body. Um he got his NCAA championship last year. The upper body, and he loses out, and Chance had a second one due to getting thrown to his back. Yeah, um, not not a great scene for Ohio State. We we've both talked. We still think that they kind of have the upside and the high point scores that they could be in it, especially if, if Martin was able to wrestle back pretty well. Which would be interesting but, to see how he responds. But, um, not not a fantastic session for them. Um. You did touch on that. It was a fantastic session. We thought we both agreed for Iowa. Listen, I thought Iowa had a great first day. Um, and, you know, I think part of that is because the expectations were a little lower. This year. No one's really expecting Iowa to win this thing. I mean, listen, it's Iowa wrestling. Their fans, you know, they want to win. But no one's like, oh, Iowa in the team race. They could go out there and they could wrestle loose. And I thought this is as loose as Iowa wrestled top to bottom at the NCAA tournament that I've seen in quite a while in terms of attacking, getting to legs, taking the initiative in matches. And that was all the way through the lineup. That wasn't just a couple guys at the top. That was guys like, you know, I saw Topher Karn take the initiative in his ma- in some of his matches today. Alex Meyer absolutely took the initiative in his. You know, it was all the like, up and down the lineup. You Cash Wilkie has some nice shots today. He lost one to Jared Hot. But, um, you know, I just thought they came out loose today and wrestled really well. I spoke to Tom Brands, um, um, just one-on-one in the tunnel. And, you know, he was kind of coy about it. Um, you know, I said, Coach Brands, you know, Congrats, you guys are wrestling great. And he said, he said, well, it's it's just day one. And I said, I said, yeah, but a lot can go wrong day one, and it didn't for you guys today. And he said, that's true. And that's my Tom Brand story for the day. Um, uh, you know, Clay knows. There's at least like a fifty percent chance at minimum that Tom Brand's actually thinking like, who are you and why? Like, go away. But it's that's not specific to Garrett. That's just like my thought yeah. on Tom Brands, like acknowledging people outside of his own world. I think Tom Brands likes me. Um, yeah, so does Thomas Gilman. Um, no, I don't. No, I didn't ask Gilman any questions at the press conference. No, I'm saying I think I think Tom, Thomas Gilman thinks Tom Brands likes him. But um, you don't think Tom Brands likes Thomas Gilman? No. 
I don't think Tom Brands likes people. Um, well, that might be true. But uh, Other than Taylor. Iowa really just took it to teams. Uh, Brandon Sorensen, I think, had two pins. Sammy Brooks had one or two. Gilman did Sorensen have one. two pins? He did. Wow, so him Sorensen. and Chandler Rogers both. This, this was after Garrett and I argued about um, Sorensen's bonus rate, so I was feeling pretty pretty high and mighty um, in, in this one. Um, but I, I still don't think they have enough bullets in the chamber. I don't either. To, to pull off a team title, but I wasn't sure they were going to get a trophy, and I'm still not sure. But, but I'm pretty if they, sure. If they continue to wrestle like this, I feel confident about their ability to, to, to grab one. Yeah. And, you know, the pressure is going to be ratcheted up tomorrow because they made such an impression today. So, you know, they'll have to come out and wrestle that same mentality with a little more pressure on them tomorrow. Um, but, you know, I will say one thing, though. You talk about Sorensen's bonus rate, but I stand Alex Meyer all year long. He has a big win today. Getting to the semis. Alex Meyer, my favorite Hawkeye, getting to the – or excuse me, getting to the – Quarters. I have no clue what Alex Meyer is or why or how. I don't – he's not good. No, he is. I don't know what he's actually good at. No, I know. That's the um, thing. He's like pretty okay at He wins matches while, while looking like occasional hot garbage. Yes. Um. He does. Also, so Alex, like – yeah, I don't mean like you're hot garbage. I'm sure you're fantastic. Like I would love to buy you a beer and hang out. And talk about how you're actually a good wrestler that I don't understand. But um, <laughs> he's just misunderstood, man. He's a, it's like it's he's just, just misunderstood. It's like a good movie. Like to be good at wrestling, you're supposed to be like really good from neutral or really good on top, or like maybe a combination of both. And like he's not good at either one, but he's really good at finishing the, the match with more points than the other person. So that's kind of important. He's like the Andy Dalton of wrestling. Yeah, if Andy Dalton could, like, win when it was important. Right. like, Alex Meyer doesn't win when it's important. Yeah. No, but, like, it's the same thing, like, Andy Dalton's kind of, like, like slightly above league average. Yeah. Like, Dalton's, like, slightly above league average and everything. And that's kind of how I feel Meyer is compared to the field. But he doesn't really have a big weakness either. I mean, there's nothing like, oh, like, you know, he gets stuck on her bottom. He's very good at being, like, less bad than people, which I think is important. Sometimes he's bringing people down to his level. Also, if Tom Brands listens to this podcast, he probably won't like me anymore. Yeah, um, we love you, Alex. I'm sure you're very sweet. And Tom Brands, and, big fan. Um, again, if if we see you out somewhere, we'll buy you a beer. Or if you don't like beer, like a soda or buy something. You, like, I don't a soda know. Or something. I'm sure you're nice. Glass of water. I don't know. We, apo- we we apologize. Um, keep doing you. Yeah. No, I enjoyed watching him wrestle in the Wrestlebacks last year a lot, and I'm enjoying him wrestle right now. And um, I don't enjoy anything about it, but he's also very good and going to be a two time All American now. So. Oh, Clay, do you know what we didn't talk about in the Kyle Coloss? I just remembered. Rucker's greatest contribution to American society in the history of the university, which is Ken Theobald being the one that beat Kalika. Um, yeah. In addition to that, um, Rutgers Anthony Ashnell took out uh, Luke Pletcher of Ohio State. So, yeah, Rutgers, keep doing you. Yeah. Um, we're we're, we're allies in this, I think, this weekend. Actual, real big Rutgers fans. Um, I'm of, sure we haven't yeah. said that enough, but. Like, <laughs> Um, the real Are You Hungry is actually not trash and kind of okay. But, um, yeah, go Rutgers. Do, do the thing. Yeah, no, the enemy, the enemy of your enemy is your friend. And that's how it is for Rutgers week. And that's kind of what's going to be for Iowa. Like how the brackets were shaping up. Or there's going to be like a lot of Iowa-Oklahoma State matches or Iowa-Ohio State matches that we like end up rooting for the Hawkeyes. Which is like something I don't think I've ever done in my life before this weekend. 
but like I've, I've found myself rooting for the Hawkeyes quietly, of course, because we're in the press room. Um, so this morning, full disclosure, um, when McCutcheon got the pin, we both kind of had. I may have yelped. Yes, we were, and it was like like for those of you who have a a large dog, it was a legitimate like yelp where you're like, "What was that sound that yeah. that person just made?" Yeah. Um, I used to like a quick like clap, but it was cool because I was upstairs and there was only two other people doing radio, and they were pretty big Iowa homers, so I feel okay about it. Yeah, you could be a homer on the radio. I don't know, we're fine. We didn't get our credentials taken away. Um, so yeah, so um, the team race. Um, are, are there any smaller school teams, Clay? That I mean, they're not maybe contend for a trophy, but you thought have really good have had really strong tournaments. I think Edinburgh's having a nice tournament. They've got Princeton, a really young team, the, Princeton as well. The Tigers, the Fighting Joe Dubuques. Um. Kaladzic, they had uh, Cam Sakura wrestled pretty well early. They had, oh, I'm going to, poor kid that uh, ended up wrestling Corey Clark, who who got a first round upset. Um, yeah, I think they had a good day. Yeah, Prin- Princeton had a solid day. Navy had a solid day with yes. Bernstein and Prince. Yes. Um, a couple of a couple other smaller schools that made names for themselves. Um, not UT Chattanooga, who is... <laughs> Currently trailing um, this podcast in the team score. And negative 0.5 points after a two-point deduction. They're pulling a full-on Sparty. So. One more penalty, and they'll have the lowest team score in the history of the tournament. Never go full sport, full Sparty. No. Of course, we're referring to the 2015 National Tournament where Michigan State, a Big Ten school who has won a national championship in wrestling, literally had negative Point five points for yeah, the tournament. It was not great. It was and bad. Now they have a new coach, um, and they're much better this year. By the way, <laughs> you can put two and two together. Yeah, shout out Drew Hughes. They're like much better, like again, again. top to bottom. Um, you lost twenty five to ten to Logan Moss today, but it was a valiant effort. He scored ten. You have twenty five, but he scored ten. That means he got up ten times. He got let up probably seven of them, but he got up three. Hey, it's not how many times you get taken down. It's how many times you fall. It's how many times you get, you get, back, you get back up. We, I can't believe we haven't used that line on the podcast yet. Um, yeah, so, you know, the team race is, you know, it's my favorite part of it. Um, and it's heating up. And listen, we can talk about it on this podcast, but we're going to have a much better idea of, of the um, of the team race when we go live on Facebook uh, again tomorrow after the se- after the third session, and we'll, we'll obviously be recording the audio of that, and putting it on here. But after the third session tomorrow, after the quarterfinals and wrestlebacks, I think people will have a much stronger grip on the team score situation. Yeah, like I would hope that some of you can understand what's going on when Penn- after Penn State scores sixty five and a half points tomorrow. <laughs> um, it'll be pretty fucking clear. It'll be pretty clear. We we'll it, but um, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. There's going to be a lot for those of you who really, there are some of you, I guess, who probably couldn't give a dang what Penn state does in team race. Like I know it's Penn state podcast, but there are other things. There's going to be really good wrestling. Like it's going to be dope. You should watch. Are you, are you talking about like the people who don't care about oh, what Penn State does in the team race? Like the two Ohio state like fans, two Ohio state fans that are, are pledging to listen yeah, to this tomorrow. Subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. Um, those guys are cool though. Um, though they did, one of them did try to say that Cal Dake was the best college wrestler of all time. Which uh, look, we all reserve the right to be wrong. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. Um, all right. Well, you know, we're kind of winding down here. Um, let's go through each weight. Talk about Penn State's quarterfinal a lot, and talk about the other quarterfinals a little. How about that? That sounds fantastic. All right. So let's go to one forty nine here. Zane Rutherford. Um, he gets Lugo right. No, 